Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Let us pray. Precious Father, I want to thank you for the privilege we have to be here this morning and the opportunity to hear your word. We trust this hour into your hand that your name will be glorified, your will be fulfilled, and our joy will be full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about... Uh, that's why I have many children. That's amazing. Can I hear amen? Even this thing I'm wearing, he bought it for me. So he, yeah, he bought it for me. He and the wife bought it for me. And then he came to make me look good. My wife didn't see that. You are fired. Children, you can leave now. Children, you can leave now. Okay, so our topic this morning is developing a vibrant, mature, spiritual life. Developing a vibrant, mature, spiritual life. Our text is 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. It says, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you brethren as it is meet because why are we thanking God? Why are we thanking God for you? Because that your faith great exceedingly. Your faith is growing exceedingly. And the charity, that's the love, the love life, which is the key thing in Christianity. The love life, your charity of every one of you, not some, not some of you, every one of you um, towards each other abounded, abounded. <clears throat> Incredible testimony right here. So that we are self glory in you, in the churches of God for your patience. You can see the fruit of the Spirit, your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Obviously, you see that this church really is a matured church, growing in the things of God. So why is it important that every Christian develops a vibrant, mature spiritual life? Because that's how we can live this Christian life effectively. That's how we serve God and humanity effectively. That's how we bring to bear the kingdom of God in your family, in your job, wherever you find yourself. It's by this activity of the Holy Spirit that you bring out the beauty of Christ that makes all the difference in the world. So in John chapter 6, verse 6 to 3, it is the Spirit who gives life, produces reality. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, 
their life. Anything that is of the flesh profits nothing. For if you're not living a life that is matured and free-filled, you're likely to be doing things that at the end of the day will really not profit too much. And that will be wasting your life. But when you are filled with the Spirit and you're filled with the Word of God, then you'll be producing fruits for the glory of God. So in Acts chapter 6, verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. They're looking for them. I mean, they're looking for them. Whom we may appoint over this business. So, in order to do the business of God, we need really, really to be full of the Holy Spirit. We need to mature and become really spiritual adults. The business of God is not only in church. I hope you know that. Mostly it's outside. Because if it's only in church, then it's so limited. The church trains you to go outside and do the business of God in public space, in public square. Acts 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Wait. Don't go. Don't do nothing. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard, me, heard from me, five, for John truly baptized with water and you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You need this unction. You need this Spirit of God. You need him desperately. Then verse 8. But you shall receive power. You shall receive what? Power. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power that enables you. When the Spirit has come upon you, and you shall now be my witnesses, you can now go out to, to be my witnesses to, uh, in Jerusalem, in the North Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So what does a vibrant spiritual life look like? Now let's take examples from the Bible. The Pharisees were very zealous. But you couldn't beat them. One of them, his name was Zealous. When you get so zealous that Zealous becomes your last name. They called him the Zealotus, which means full of zeal. That was his name. So let's see, is he really zeal? Is he really roaming all over town? Is he really carrying Bible? Is he really quoting Bible? Is he really, what is it? So in, in Mark chapter 12, verse 38, let's see the life of the Pharisee. Jesus also taught, beware of these teachers of religious law. Be careful of them. I mean, if there's anybody that you want to not be careful about, is it not people who preach? But here Jesus is saying, be careful of these people who preach the law, who carry the Torah. For they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues 
being followed by a retinue of people. Four people carry his phone. Fatten now. Title. When he enters, everybody must give way because junior God has come. It didn't start today. I'm trying to think of the Son of God himself, Jesus. Did you know his crowd? <laughs> they rejected. <laughs> read about him. The people, everybody rejected. The prostitutes, read about him. The Bible says these are the kind of crowd he goes with. The people nobody will go with. The Zacchaeus. Matthew, the tax collector. Check it out. For they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues. You know some people, if you don't call them, I heard of a pastor who refused to preach because they didn't call him, is it the doctor? So they've forgotten the title. Because they didn't call him that, he didn't preach. He refused to preach. That they dishonored him. Real story. And they heard at banquet, yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Hallowed be thy name, O Lord. God said, that's not being spiritual. But that's what we think is spiritual. Jinjin. Call them Jinjin Christian. God said, no, that's not being spiritual. That's not being spiritual. Don't be deceived. Let's look at uh, what our Lord Jesus said in John chapter 5, in verse 44. How can you believe which receive honor one from one? They say, you are too concerned about honor people give you. You will never believe the word of God because it's not about your honor. It's not about your honor. It has nothing to do with your honor. Jesus came and made himself of no reputation. It's not about his honor. It has nothing to do with that. Say, so when you are concerned with honor, you can't believe the word of God because it's not focused on you. So how can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do you know why people are so sensitive and quarreled easily? Because they think they've been dishonored. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was in one big meeting of pastors of a big denomination. And I was part of the big council there. And they got to quarreling among themselves. I was shocked because before I came, I had believed that anything in America is perfect. I didn't know they quarrel. So here they were quarreling. I'm like, eh? Is this Lagos? Serious quarrels. One said I will resign. And what was the quarrel? They say, you people talk about me. And they say, people talk about me. And they say, serious quarrel. At a point, I had to bang on the door. I said, can I say something, please? Being the only black man, they allowed me. <laughs> and I said, so, I said to them, I said, oh, so talking about you is bad, right? 
But all of you talk about me. If you've never spoken about me, say it now. Everyone will quiet. I say, you people talk about me. Have I bothered? Doesn't mean anything. Why are you fighting? If it's good for me that you talk about me, why, not is, why, why is it not good for each one of them? They say, Pastor Chine, do pray for us. Yep. It's sensitivity. It, it's still, man, I'm telling you, so, people get so sensitive about things that just don't, work, don't, don't amount to anything. Do you know your cousin's even husband and wife quarrel? He didn't serve me food. Get up and warm your food. I go and warm my food. I warm my food. I warm my food. I carry my own, go to the oven, put it there. And when it's done, I put it on my tray. I eat my food. I remove my plate. And I'm happy. Am I not the one that is hungry? <laughs> What's all this? You know, get so sensitive, uh, very sensitive about things we shouldn't be sensitive about. It's not about me. It's not about you. We are dead in Christ. We don't live no more. The Holy Spirit is saying, teach them what spirituality means. It's not all this ginger thing. If if the usher tells you to move, you get angry. Slightest thing, anger. Slightest thing, you take off. Is that a way to present the kingdom? And nobody can correct you. Honor. Seeking honor. (laughs) Jesus said, if you live that kind of life, you are never going to believe the word of God. Let's even see where our trouble is coming from. And if you don't believe this word of God, how can you get healed? How can you get, how can it work for you? And now we're praying and fasting. When you are still seeking honor from one, another, it's not going to affect you. How can you believe the word of God? When the devil knows you like it, he will start stirring you up. <laughs> Everywhere you go, he will make them. Then your mouth. Pa, 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 pa. And then these people were people of outward show of worship. They just want their people. They were focused on people. They weren't focused on God at all. Matthew 23, 30. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's face. See how they prevent people from coming to know God because of their behavior. Because of our behavior. People don't want to be Christians. They say if, it's that, if, it's, if Christianity is it not the type this person is. For you won't go in yourself you don't let others either enter. 15. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you cross land and sea to make one convert. Jim, Jim. It's all over the place. Go home. Won't go home. Make convert. It's not wrong to make convert, but for what purpose? You say you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell. You yourself are. 
26, what sort of ways you teach us a religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy. You know God does not look at the outside because he knows human beings very well. You can look at me and say, oh, this pastor is such a holy man. Because when I say, I say, Pros, good morning. How was your day? Bless you. God's not looking at that. He's looking where? <laughs> that's where I look. Because that's where our real me is. That's where it is. So these people were focused on the outside. They were not really, you know, as long as we think, people think we are good, we are happy. What matters at the end of the day is what God thinks. That's what matters at the end of the day. In Matthew 23, verse 5, but all their works they do for to be seen of men. To be seen of men. And then in Luke 16, 15, our Lord says something about it. He said to them, you are those who justify yourself before men. They are self-righteous. They think that their good works will qualify them before God. Let me say here and now, the good works is so important. Don't misunderstand me. I said it before. If you are saved, the proof that you are saved is that you have good works. That's what John, that's what he said. If you are saved, your good works is the proof of your faith. Your faith must have works. But, but you will never be accepted before God by good works. Never. Because our good works is never 100%. Correct. It's always short. No matter how good we try to be, there is none holy as the Lord. You say it, I say it, but that's true. There is none be sir. And God doesn't take 80%. He doesn't take 99. It has to be 100 and the only hundred is the righteousness of Christ he gave you. You must know this. You must know this. You are praying and fasting. I'm telling you now, you must know this. Again, good works is important. Don't, you must not direct it. But the Bible says, by the works of the Lord shall no man be what? Accept, be justified by God. No man. It says righteousness come by the Lord. Then Jesus died in vain. He died to give us his righteousness. To give us the robe of what? Righteousness. Can I hear amen? I was explaining to my daughter. I said that's what Jesus was telling them. When they went to ask him. They say the disciples of John the Baptist. They fast all the time. But your disciples eat a lot. They never fast. So if they were in this church. They wouldn't be fasting. They said what's all this? So Jesus was trying to teach them why he came. They didn't get it up to today. The church doesn't even understand it. He wasn't promoting fasting. No. He was telling them and said, listen. He said, are you going to ask the bride's, what do you call it? The bride what? The bridegroom to fast when the feast is what? Going on. He said, you should wait now until the bride uh, Groom, the bridegroom is taking, and some people say, See, Jesus has not been taken away. No. Mm-mm. He said, I'm with you till the end of what? It's not taken away from you. 
He said, he joined to your spirit. You have an everlasting joining with him. He's not going anywhere. I will never leave you or what? Pooh, he's not going anywhere. He was teaching them that the New Testament is different from what they're talking about. And warning them not to bring Old Testament and join to the New because it won't profit you anything. But what was he saying? He was saying, there's a feast going on. And he knew Jesus came to marry the church. That's what came. And I told my daughter, I said, that's what, okay, Lord, that's what uh, Paul was writing when he wrote about marriage. Marriage is the only thing that Paul wrote and called it a great mystery. He talked about the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory. He talked about other mysteries. But when he came to marriage, he said, and I speak a great mystery. He said, I'm talking about Christ and the church. That we are now married to him. Because in marriage, you are joined in one body. But in this marriage, you are joined in spirit with Christ. You become one. Call it a great mystery. He said, as Christ loves the church. So husbands what? Drawing parallel that there's a marriage that between Christ and the church and it's drawing that this marriage you see is mimicking this one. So the marriage feast is on. People, he set at a table before us in the world. There's feast going on. That's why he said healing is the children's what? And you are blessed with all his feasts is going on. So that feast is still on and culminate with the great supper in heaven. Come on, man. Can I hear amen? So he told them, he said, don't bring, don't bring old garment to join to what? The old garment is all your righteousness. It's filthy, right? Don't bring it. I'm giving you a new garment. The robe of what? You can't operate both of them together. You either take the one I'm giving you, or take the filthy one, but not both of them. And he told him, he said, you don't pour a new wine into an old what? What is, the, what is the new one vessel? The new man. I'm creating you a new vessel into which God will pour his spirit. And the spirit of God is the new wine of the New Testament. Say, Pastor, did the Bible say so? Didn't the Ephesians tell us? Be not be drunk with what? But be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, so what I came to do is to make you a new creature, is to pour my life in you, and fasting can't give it to you. Can't get it that fast. You're focusing on the wrong thing. Praise the Lord. The church still doesn't understand it. God taught me this himself. Nobody taught me this.
So self-righteousness will take us nowhere. Self-righteousness, you can pretend to be so good and holy and start condemning everybody else and then be fighting over it. It's filthy rag. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1, <clears throat> am I shooting over your head? Are we in Bible? Am I still your pastor? You can't fire me because you didn't hire me. <laughs> God called me, you can't fire me. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, however, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to unspiritual men of the flesh. He's talking about people in the church who are not spiritual. The men of the flesh, in whom the carnal nature predominates. Their emotion rules them. They have no constraint. Their emotion rules them. And they are ruled by their natural senses, by their natural intellect. So they try to interpret the things of God with their brain. It doesn't work. It's a superior knowledge. It's the wisdom of God. So what does a vibrant life of the spirit look like? In Acts chapter 6 from verse 3, we are four brethren looking out among you seven men of honest report. Honest what? Report. Trusted people. Reliable. Honest report. Full of the Holy Ghost. And wisdom is describing them. Honest report, sincere in the heart. My wife and I were talking about mommy Akelaja. Mommy was such a beautiful woman. Man, such a beautiful, godly, godly saint of God. I was talking to her on the phone, and she was telling me what's happening. I called you, I said, you can come in here. I won't tell you. Ask you, Chuka was like, eh? You want me to tell you what he said? I won't tell you. Yeah. So my wife told me, he said, Mommy, he said, when we were in Lagos, listen to this. He said, I just saw Mommy and I saw the beautiful spirit in this woman. I said, she still has it. She still has it. Her, this heart of a child, and she's been through pain. She's been cheated. She's been, she's been through hell. But that spirit in her is too powerful for all those things. She still has a beautiful spirit. All you need to do is to talk with her. You will sense it. So, the Bible said, people of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the minister of the word, and the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose, listen, they knew them. <laughs> they knew, I'm telling you, they knew, you know them. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Pam Paminas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They knew them. They, they said, we know them. We can, that's what we were saying yesterday, me and my wife. I said, mommy, 
Oh my God, that woman is really soothing. Awesome. Awesome. She didn't need to introduce herself. You, you know it when you see one. And so let's look at Stephen, for example. Acts chapter 6 from verse 9. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and Syrians, and the Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. They couldn't resist it. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of divine personality. Couldn't resist him. But let me even ask you, when this church now, don't you know everybody? There are people you know are troublemakers. I don't have to introduce them. You know them. You know that they are trouble komoko. They are chonganoko original. Everybody avoids them. Am I telling lies? You know, we know. And you know those who are really, really Peaceful, calm. You know them. You know those whose mouth is poison, and you avoid them. You don't. You can, if they call, you say, "Ah, please, please." If it's that, please, please. I don't want trouble. But you know those who once they mention, they say, "Okay, no problem." If it's that person, no problem. Ah, it's okay. We know. They knew. We know. That's why God is saying, change and become spiritually vibrant. Can I hear amen? amen? So they couldn't stand Stephen. They could not. They couldn't. Because it was full of the Holy Spirit. He didn't fight them. He didn't do anything. He just spoke the truth and they couldn't resist the power behind that truth. It's not by volume of word. It's not by volume of, it's not by your shouting. It's not by your anger. It's not by all those things. That's kind of, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by what? They couldn't resist it. Look at Acts 7, Acts 7. 55, but, the, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost, f- always, the Spirit of God is always saying that. This man is full of the Holy Spirit. Looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. He saw something you can't see unless you are full of the Spirit. And he transports you and begins to show you glory of God. You see, revelation in scripture comes that way too. Can't people use their brain, figure it out, argue about it. They don't see what they're talking about. Get angry about it. Somebody is seeing what you don't see. And embracing it. Yeah? And Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice 
stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city, stoned him. And the witnesses laid, their, laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was what? Saul. This is where we found our apostle Paul. He was killing. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Father, let fire come upon them. But that's what we do. We pray for people to be killed. We do that. That's not being full of the spirit. For God is love. God is what? If it's the spirit, it's the same love that saved you, that loved you while you were yet sinner. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. That's the nature of God. So now look at Stephen. Calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive what? My spirit. And he even knelt down to pray. People. Knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. I mean, they are stoning him. He had time to kneel down and be praying for them. A man full of the spirit. That's how you know them. You know them. They're full of God. They're full of love. For God is what? Love. For while we were yet sinners, Christ what? Died for us. It's the same love. The same spirit of Christ. Being controlled by the love of God. It's not a, it's not a church palace. It's a reality. Being controlled by the love of God. You know the key thing in Christianity is the life of Christ in us. It's not, it's not even miracles. It's to live this life of Christ. That's why Jesus died to give us life. He didn't say I died to give you miracles. He said I died to give you life. But if you live that life, you live in miracles every day. Second Corinthians 5.14. Either way, Christ's love, what? Controls us. I want us to read it. I'm not letting you go without this one. Let's go. Want to go? Either way, Christ's love, what? Controls us. That's what we saw in Stephen. Controlled by the love of God. Not controlled by what they were doing to him. Not controlled by his feelings and his emotions, his pain. Something higher than that. The spirit of love took over his life. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life now. 15. He died for everyone so that those who received his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. That's where our good works come from. It comes from Christ in us. The hope of what? Glory. Not by human effort. You see, because we received this new life, so we can't live for ourselves anymore because he does, didn't live for himself. He died for us. He said, the life we receive, this is what it does. This is what it does. He died for us. We have received that same life that died for us. 
so that in us too, he will empower us to die for others and stop living. Stephen typified it. Typified it. Typified it. I have my brother here. He shared in our men's fellowship how he used to remember everything everybody did to him. He remembered the date and the cloth they wear and everything they said, including the wife. I won't call your name. The wife knows who I'm talking about. He said, Pastor, he told her, he said, I used to remember. And he knew I was feeling like even it was affecting my marriage. And he said, Pastor, I don't even know why I kept coming to church. Because I given up on everything. He said, but I kept coming. He said, every time I come, you'll be talking about it. you have a new life. <laughs> you have a new life. You have a new life. He said, the thing that surprised me is that without their fault, without their fault, all that thing, all that kind of mindset left me. He said, I don't even remember anything anybody does today. It doesn't even cross my mind. And I can't love my wife enough. I think this, this December, I'm not sure he went to Messi's, so he will not go to Messi's after this. Praise the Lord. Is that the truth? Am I saying the truth? Huh? Is that what you said? That's true. He said, every time you come, every time you're talking about you have a new life, you're a new creature, you're not what you used to be. He said, that thing began to take hold in my spirit and began to be real, real in me. I made no effort. He said, all that thing just... That's what he's telling us here. That's what Paul is saying. Either way, Christ's love controls us now since we believe. It's all what you believe. We believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our own life with God. He dies for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. That's what happened to our brother. He started to believe it. He started, Paul said, we believe it. He started to believe it. And faith is your victory. It's through faith you connect to the things of God. It's through whatever you believe becomes yours. It's not by effort on to be holy. We did that with that before it didn't work. We did try it, it didn't work. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. You know, one of my children came to me, he said, Daddy. He said, Daddy. He said, You know, I almost went astray, but your life changed me. He said, Watching you changed me. I almost went that way. But I've been watching. Yeah. It's infectious. That life infects people. <laughs> it's, trans- it's transmittable. And he won't leave that house. He'll come and hug me and say, Daddy, I love you. <laughs> Ugo was living a t- few days ago. He said, Daddy, you are awesome. He said, you are my hero. Man. To God be what? The glory. I'm just teaching you by my life example. This is real. True. True. 
soul, a spiritually matured person that has a vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit, knows who he is in Christ. Even physically mature people know their identity. Children don't know who they are. They don't know when we are children, we visit families, you know, the popular thing, don't eat in anybody's house. So we go and stand and they're eating yam with vegetables. So we start looking. You won't look anywhere, you're looking at the yam. So they say, do you, do you want to eat? Do you want to eat? Mm, our mother said we should not eat in your house. But do you want to eat? I stretch out your hand, you stretch out your hand. They put one piece, you go to one corner with that one piece. And as you are eating, you are looking for more. <laughs> Children, we don't know. We live in a different world. This identity, they have no identity. That are, um, adults know who they are. They know this is my father's compound, this is our land, this is my boundaries, don't cross it, this is who I am. Children don't know. Children belong to everyone. I went to Canada to prepare some people for church planting. I was doing training for them. And then we go and eat with their little boy. We'll be in our table. Before we know it, the boy is under somebody's table. He's puke. All the, all the, all the white people will love him. Oh, is he cute? He's so good. And we're looking for him. Belongs to everybody. Doesn't have identity. But when he grew and I go to Canada, he will not stay. Because I began to realize that this is daddy, this is mommy, this is where I belong. Spiritually mature people, when you have a vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit, you will know who you are in Christ. You will know your identity, and nobody will deceive you. Not even the devil. Galatians 2.20 My old self has been crucified with Christ. This is testimony. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. That's what Paul was saying. That we died now to the old life. So we believe it. It is no longer I, but Christ lives in me. So, what happened? I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. I don't. This is act of grace and mercy. I got this in free. That's what Jesus was teaching them. I brought you a robe of righteousness. I came to create you new, a new vessel in whom God will pour his glory, pour his spirit. It's more important than that thing you are saying the disciples of John were doing. And you can't get it that way. It is free. They still didn't get it and the church doesn't get it at all. Don't get it. Lala. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Because keeping the law can make us right with God. That's why Jesus died. To give us his righteousness, that robe of righteousness. Don't bring the old thing and add it to it. You won't get the benefit of this one. 
So it is, it's not ignorant of devices and strategies of the enemy. Second Corinthians 2, 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. What is devices? Look at New Living Translation said, so that Satan will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. All that the devil is doing, church, is, is deceit. Scheming. Trying to deceive you not to believe God. It, that's why it's called fight of faith. You believe this, he wants to convince you it's not true. So he knows that once you don't believe, you lose. He can't take it from you unless you give it up. He can't. Look at Revelation 12 verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. Just in case you don't know what he's talking about. Quit deceiving the whole world. That's his strategy. That's what Paul is talking about. People say, no, we fight, we, we fight not with flesh and blood, but with their what? Huh? We wrestle not with their... And so they say, and but with what? With what? With what? Principalities. What are we dealing with? The wires of the devil. That's what the Holy Spirit said. Wires is scheming. Deceitful schemes that he plots. He comes and tells you your wife doesn't love you. From nowhere. And he starts interpreting what people do so that you hate them. And once he succeeds in planting resentment into your house, he has a highway. He built him a highway to enter you can be fighting all you like all night, but you have a highway. He knows it. And the Bible says that when we are matured, we should know these devices. We should understand it. That anything talking to you contrary to the law of love is not God. Put everything against, is this love? Because if it's not love, it's not God. Love your enemies, do good to them that what? He said, whatever things are pure, God, uh, yeah, he said, think what? That your wife doesn't love you, is it godly? Is it pure? Is it defined? It's not coming from the Holy Spirit. You should, it's simple to know. You don't have to go to school. It, I don't have to, I would have read for you that the Pharisees were very ritualistic. They talked about when you swear with your hands crossed and when you swear with pointing. <laughs> That's what people are doing. Listen to me, church. If you like, wake up by 4 a.m., by 1 a.m., midnight, and do what you did. If you don't have faith in your prayer, it won't work. It doesn't matter when you get up and pray. Let that man not think he shall receive anything from the Lord. A, a man who will not pray in what? In faith. If you like, pray 1 a.m., 6 a.m., 4 a.m., <laughs> Don't sleep. One of our sisters came to my wife. He said to my wife, he said, hey, it's all be one name. Hey, he said, I'm tired. He said, I can't sleep. Every midnight I wake up. He said, I'm, I'm tired of waking up. And I'm having a headache. Do you know the scripture that tells you you must pray by 12 midnight? Show me one. I'm challenging you. If there is none, why are you doing that? 
Now let me prove to you that you are believing a lie. You have been so taken in by fear that unless you do those rituals, you will not believe that God will hear you. If you think I'm lying, stop the rituals and see how you feel. You start feeling uncomfortable because your faith is no more in Christ. It is in your rituals. And if you don't pray in faith, you will receive nothing. You are wasting your time. Are you still here? Can I hear a big amen? Yeah. So you know your rights and privileges in Christ. Ephesians 4.14 Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever, they sound like the truth. 15, instead, we will speak the truth, what? In love. Growing in every way more and more like who? Like Christ. That's the key thing. Like Christ. Who is the head of his body? The church. And then, I will stop with this. Next week, by the grace of God, we continue. We begin to talk about the ways to really develop spiritual, vibrant life. So a person who really has, is in tune with the Holy Spirit and full of the Holy Spirit communes intelligently with God because he's matured. Second Corinthians 12, 8. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is what? All you need. My power works best in weakness. You know what this thing is saying? When you say to God, I can't, over to you. You are admitting weakness, I don't have the ability, and God takes it. Jesus in the wilderness took two fishes, two bread, and how many fishes? He went to God. He didn't even pray. Can we learn from him? He didn't even pray. He lifted it to God and thanked him. The Lord, our sufficiency. He just trusted God with the little. Little, yeah. But God with it is mighty. He gave it to the disciples, sat down, crossed his hand. That was it. Done. And God took it from there and did what no man. If you think you can do, and Nekugari everywhere, you won't rest. Be doing. When you are tired, you go to God and say, I am what? Done. Your strength is made what? Perfect in my weakness. Lord, I can't. Only you can. And when you come to the point, that's when you can pray with all your heart. If you still think I can do this, you have the. I said it at Thursday Bible study. I don't know how many of you listen to Bible studies. You better do. You better listen to this one. So you don't waste your time till you're fasting for nothing. So your fasting will produce. He said, my strength is made perfect in your what? God promised us rest. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are heavily laden, and I'll give you more burden. What did he say I give you? What is rest? Stop. You're done. Give it to me. I'll take it from here. Take that little fish, this mountain here, and give it to him. 
trust him with it. He said, whatever is committed into my hand, I will give it. Can I hear amen? So, he said, and again, realize that Paul was having an intelligent discussion with God. While he talks to God and God what? He understands the voice of God. This maturity. He knows what God is telling him. He doesn't have to go to a prophet to know it. He doesn't need a prophet anywhere. No, no. He knows the voice of his father. And I'm not talking about audible. Please don't seek audible voice. A matured person knows when he's talking with his father. Now. My children come and talk to me. They come and talk to me. They know, they know daddy. He said, my grace, he knew exactly what God told him. He understood it. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can walk through me. That's why I take pleasure in all my weaknesses and insults and hardship, persecutions, trouble. They don't bother me anymore that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Compare it with Acts chapter 13, verse 27. For they that dwell in Jerusalem. Look at these people. They go to church here. For they that dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which I read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. He said they don't know his, the voice of the prophets. They don't know the scripture. They don't know God. And they read it every day. Every day we read it and preach it. Somebody say, what's he preaching? They say that there, this thing is being read. They don't get it. They don't know God. They, they don't know it. Jesus said, their eyes is what? Blind. In seeing, can see not. Because they are not after, they don't want the truth. They are not after, they are not seeking the truth. So he said, I'm speaking in parables to hide it from them. Because they think they are wise. He said, I'll make the wisdom of the wise foolishness. My prayer is that we'll have a hunger and a desire to have a vibrant spiritual life. Can I hear amen? amen? Did you get anything at all? Okay, let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you for what you shared with us this morning to challenge us to move on, come up higher. Step away from carnality, the flesh, profits nothing and live in the fullness of your spirit where things happen. Where we see, like Stephen saw your glory. That's why we see your glory. That's why we see you at work. That's why we see the wonders of God in our private life, in our individual lives, in our jobs. We will hear your voice. We understand your instruction. We are not frustrated. You are inviting us to come up higher. Father, help us to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray.